0: hello everyone and welcome to weekly manga recap here on September the 18th of 2019 I am Nick this is Chris uh-huh. Chris how are things going for you
1: uh, it's an emotional one Nick emotional I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm gonna give you a heads up this is a very uh, I know that I I'm seen as like kind of the the cool collected one of weekly manga recap like you've, you've never not true seen. but okay yeah, yeah. Uh, well that's how I see it um, I Don't want to express this as though it's torn down to my core, Uh, but let's be real. Uh, This is the end of an era. Uh, Things are never going to be the same again Uh, in in virtually every single way Uh, as a gallant young gazelle is taken down to let the next... Dorky young gazelle take <laughs> over for him as quarterback of the New York football time. You're, like,
0: you're like, okay, so the Gazelle never so much pranced as like stumbled, he but kind <laughs> of
1: fell forward a couple hey, I look, I never got to see the Giants win a football game live. I've only been to one game and I thought beating the Bucks would be a sure thing. I, I really did. Anyways, I didn't get to see them live. Thanks, Uh, Thanks, Chris. But, hey, you you guys have a better record than us so far. Uh, But I did get to see Eli Manning run a touchdown in live. Oh, God. And there's something majestic about watching it where even from afar, you're like, is he running in slow motion? (laughs) I thought that was just a filter they applied for television. Uh, But he did it. And I, I didn't think I'd have an emotional response to this because... You know, I'm not. I don't follow the Giants the same way I used to. I don't follow a lot of things the same way I used to. Uh, But then you realize that since I followed the Giants, I never watched really. Probably when I was a kid, at some point I don't remember, but I never watched a Giants football game that Eli Manning wasn't the quarterback of. So it's this weird thing where I'm like, oh, this is like the core piece, and it's it's going away. Uh, and yeah, this
0: is, this is the last person that fades out when you're watching SB Nation's Collapse uh-huh. series.
1: Exactly. Uh, God,
0: SB Nation does so many good series. <laughs> uh,
1: we should just uh, uh, talk about SB Nation all day. Uh, and, I, you know, it's, it's tough, but I'm going to soldier through this for Eli. For Eli's sake, because I bet he's out there listening. I don't have much of a reason to think so. In fact almost everything I know about his character would say that he is very little interested in manga and certainly wouldn't waste time listening to a podcast about it. Uh, He'd probably be out there fucking making his own. But uh, my hope is that there's a very loud bus that is following Eli around that's playing this podcast to him. (laughs) And uh, this is me saying, I'm going to be strong for you, Eli.
0: (laughs) I'm sure that having a bus following him around going, I'll be strong for you. Yeah, would <laughs> be very comforting to.
1: <laughs> which uh, it's only for the start. I'm only saying this now, and then the rest of us is gonna be talking about manga stuff. So this bus is following him everywhere, and really only the first 15 minutes like had a message for him. The rest of it is completely alien, which is going to be very di- like disorienting when he's in the bathroom and the bus is like trying to like squeak in, <laughs> and like just a speaker It's is just
0: down the hallway, up. like kind of like slowly cracking the door open. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's there's a guy. With, Eli, I'll be strong for you. There's a guy with a radio, like one of those radio attachments that he's just opening the door with his hand and just leaving it, like holding it on the inside. That way he can always be there.
0: It's very important that we give him no space.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've expressed where I'm at emotionally, Nick, where are you at? Because it's important to ask people this.
0: Well, I will say that I cannot relate to this because I have never been a fan of a football team where I've, we've had the same quarterback for like more than five seasons. So this is a this is something that I cannot relate to. I can't be. Oh man, yeah, losing the same quarterback you've had since what 2004? Yeah. No, 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 no. Like, uh, is this equivalent? Let me tell to you when, about all the quarterbacks we've had since 2004.
1: Is is, is the closest equivalent to when Mike Alstott retired, Nick? Michael. Stott. <laughs> I don't know. He's the only member of the Bucks I can name.
0: Well, like I mean, like I guess a guy like you know John Lynch or something like that when he went to the Broncos instead. It was like Jesus Christ. Or when you know Warren Sapp did it. Not nah, not so much him, but like Derek Brooks when oh, he retired. What
1: happened to Rondé so, Barber? Did he go to a different team at the end?
0: He he was just retired.
1: Yeah, I think so. It must be like Rondé Barber, the the good one of bit. the Barber twins.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's amazing how how even though he was the less famous, arguably less successful one, no, he was definitely the better
1: one. Oh, far and away. All right. This is, we've alienated enough for our audience with football talk, I think. So yes. So uh, now how, on to how, the
0: wrestling talk. Yeah,
1: how how did you like the fiends return today? <laughs>
0: that was great. Anyway, um My Heroctamia. <laughs> recap Bush Weekly Manga recap. We have to if we're gonna talk about manga, we have to go straight in this because otherwise we're going to look at the black and white panels and I'm going to remember that I've been reading Kodomo no Jigan and I'm going to start going crazy again. Just so let's, let's just, and we're going to save all that stuff for next week because Jesus Christ, I'm not going to have made all that shit for a waste. So bye here, Academia. All right. Number 243. Off to Endeavor's agency. This chapter has a st- Kind of weird stylized two-page color spread with uh, several of the Class 1A kids and what looks like a really run-down apartment.
1: Uh, it's called a and bachelor there's a, pad, Nick. It's very sweet and cool. You just throw things around and you just say whatever.
0: There is a poster for a band that is seemingly called Burn the Home.
1: Is it a real band?
0: I don't know. Maybe. All right, well, and there is a vacuum cleaner in the ceiling.
1: Anyway, does not seem to be real. Or there at least we have an opening top search result when you search it. So that's that's on them. That's just poor marketing.
0: I don't think that they get to decide if they're the top result in Google. Oh,
1: you you do, Nick. It's a numbers game. You just pay Google those big bucks. I watched a movie on this. It's called uh, The Circle or something like that. I don't actually remember the name of the movie. Actually, I just watched the trailer. But in it, Tom Hanks was very evil, and I think he was going to kill that poor girl.
0: Anyway. (laughs) It's New Year's Eve in My here Academia land. We had the Christmas celebration last week, so hey, it's appropriate timing. <clears throat> um, we learned a little bit that uh, the kids do occasionally get to visit their families. Uh, and so Deku is visiting his mom and telling her about all the times that he has gotten in, into bodily harming trouble. Uh, and she's having a little bit of a freak out about that. But... Then uh, he's like, Oh, you know, that little girl Ari that I've been telling you about on the phone. Well she she sent me this. There's a little letter that she wrote. Isn't that cool? She's learning to write. And there's a you know, but a little letter from her uh, saying like, Your your singing was great, thank you, Mr. Deku. And there's a little drawing, I guess, of him. He looks more like Goku, but whatever, she's like seven.
1: So Yeah, Nick, stop stop shooting on the seven year old's artistic dreams.
0: Can't even get her holidays straight.
1: (laughs) What a fucking idiot that area is. Can't draw people. Can't remember holidays. Why don't we just throw her back in the trash? (laughs)
0: Let's just give her back to overhaul. Oh, wait, we can't
1: do that. (laughs) We'll we'll just find an equally evil Yakuza leader. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be hard,
0: but we'll find one. (laughs) Yeah. So um, Inko gets really emotional when she hears this. Uh, and water just comes flooding out of her eyes. Um, and as time goes on, this just gets sillier and sillier because like, she's like, oh, you know, I felt that I had to protect you as your mother, but, and that's how I was for so long. But now seeing that look on your face, it's like, I don't have to worry anymore. And as she says, that last part. We actually cut to the outside of their apartment and water is just flooding out of the window because she's crying so much. Chris, I don't know exactly at what point Inko's worrying for Deku became less of a dramatic thing and just comedic in its cartoonish silliness. But here we are now. Um, I just, remember, when, uh... remember when his hero career was in jeopardy because she was really worried about him? <laughs>
1: I had to stop and I was like, Is her quirk crying huge tears or no. something like that? And I was like, I don't remember. I thought they established her quirk was something very stupid and mundane. But it's, I was uh, like,
0: Being able to draw small objects towards herself.
1: Oh, uh, is is it her dad? Is it the dad who can just like light a fire or something like that? He maybe can that was fire. Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, Did she develop a new quirk to like cry copious amounts because this feels a lot like that Princess Peach game they made back in the 2000s where oh, she fought God, enemies yeah. with her emotions and they're like hey guys this one's for the ladies <laughs> have your emotions ever been so wildly out of control that you fight crime with them <laughs> well now you can <laughs> Princess Toadstool everyone's favorite Nintendo damsel
0: yeah that's right she's not the one in danger this time look at her cry
1: <laughs> <laughs> so She gets irrationally upset and cries a lot and stops the enemies dead in her tracks. Get this to your daughters now so they can emulate her growing up.
0: Anyway, we'll reference this in the Smash game so you can (laughs) never erase the memory of it. (laughs) We cut to the next day. Deku's going back to the dorms uh, and... there's just some parting words between he and his mother. She does typical mom worrying things and he says goodbye. And then we see that apparently, uh, at the same time that Deku was away from the dorms, Hawks was away from the metahuman liberation front, uh, because he wanted to get some coffee because the coffee that they make in the entire city is disgusting. Apparently. Mm -hmm. Uh, Slide go greets him at the entrance and is uh you know scolding him, uh saying, Hey, you know, you can't just be flying off on yourself like that. Uh and Hawks kind of just goes back with, Well, isn't the Liberation Army all about giving people freedom? And is like, I rank higher than you, Hawks, and I'm older. And Hawks is like, All right, yes, sir, and and then <laughs> the fucking what is it i forget the guy's name but their hacker media controlling guy comes up and is like what the hell it makes you think that you're actual uh, actually ranked higher than him sliding go you're completely useless to us (laughs) compared to hawks (laughs) it just completely like throws him under the bus (laughs) um and we find out Yeah, apparently uh, no, nobody was suspicious of Hawks uh, or if they were at least, then um, they're still planning on using him because they've just stuck a whole bunch of micro uh, communication and tracking devices all over him uh, and they can use them to get information on the heroes whenever he goes in, you know, into places where heroes are, are gathered. And so. The guy relates this to, you know, you're a pawn capable of browsing the hero. Now we are got nothing more. Hawks reach extends far deeper. And he's, there's like an illustration of like them getting inside of a city's walls deeper and deeper. And Hawks as the number two hero is right in the center of the castle, basically. Um, and there's a odd little exchange then. Between him and Hawks because he's he's like, Oh, and after that we went to the trouble of stocking up on black coffee, and Hawks is like, What can I say? Some like it sweet.
1: Yeah, it's that old catchphrase, Nick. That like that common like uh, that gotcha moment where someone yeah. says something and you're like, Oh yeah, well some like it's sweet. Um, normally it has a bit more of an application in this, because I guess the only thing you really do to make coffee sweeter is just dump sugar in it. Um and I have to assume there's somebody in the, the, the superhero world who could just make sugar. I mean, come on. That's like every team's got that. You usually have like the flying person, the ice guy, sugar good. Um, so I, I assume the League of Villains probably has three or four. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but, you yeah, know, ironically, as I think about that, uh, I'm reminded of Sugar Man from Marvel who has uh, nothing even remotely sugar related about him. In fact, it almost seems like an ironic name. He's just a violent head baby
0: <laughs> Okay I don't I don't know anything
1: about him so Uh well I think I gave a pretty Accurate description Nick he's a violent All right, head Alright okay baby.
0: thanks <laughs>
1: you, Now, you now I feel like you know exactly who he is Alright
0: uh, Hawks of course is still communicating With the people that his uh, That he's you know actually spying for Uh And uh let's see I believe that this is actually cutting back to when he was flying with quote unquote best genius body because he's got the duffel bag in this shot and he's not carrying a bag when we see him in the present. So he's just like, Hey, you know, he's wary of me and my correspondence with you guys is going to be monitored. So all our communication from now on needs to be in code. So for now, figuring out where the NOMU is, is top priority. That's it. So it's prob- It's possible that when he was saying some like it's sweet, that that was code, maybe. <laughs> it's still an awkward phrase. Anyway,
1: I think he's just saying, like, I wanted sugar in my coffee, but then he gets canned coffee. And I'm like, does canned coffee have a lot of sugar in it? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know
0: anything about coffee, Chris. Oh, man, Nick, drink this, it. Is,
1: this is the greatest conf- like the dearth of knowledge that we've ever experienced on this show. Neither of us know anything about coffee
0: do people drink it through their nose like
1: (laughs) you well you you get the coffee plant you pull it from the ground uh and you chop its roots off and then i believe you chop them really fine and then you you steep it in some kind of uh overpriced machine and (laughs) i believe espresso just means you light it on fire first that's my understanding is that the coffee council I, to call and give us information?
0: Yes, that's they're that's like, the coffee council. He's <laughs> saying like, yes, Chris is completely correct. Oh,
1: finally, they answered my call. No
0: need to be, to, no need to conduct any further research. That is how coffee works. Yep. Yes, that's all what they're saying, right,
1: guys. I finally figured it out. I know what coffee is now. I'm gonna go back and listen to all the chap or read all the chapters of Food Wars uh, that had to do with coffee. And be like, now nah, I get what they're talking about. That was some finely chopped <laughs> coffee root. <laughs>
0: Uh OK. Getting into the main point of the chapter, or at least with the chapter's title, in case the chapter should be about uh, Todoroki and Bakugo and Deku meet up with Endeavor for their uh, hero course training and uh, Endeavor's there and he's just, you know, kind of in civilian garb and he doesn't have his fire turned on. And he's just like, welcome. I'm Endeavor. Is that what you thought I was going to do, huh, you little fucking punks? <laughs> that's like, that's yeah. basically what he does, because he's like, got this big... Hi, oh, but... kids, looking at his face, and he's like, what, what are you looking at me like that for? I'm... I want to just train Shoto. Screw you guys. And, uh, uh...
1: and this is calling back to a fear that I had as a child, Nick, uh, where I had a somewhat estranged relationship with my father when I was younger, and I was oh. part of the Boy Scouts. And Boy Scouts very frequently did father-son camping trips, and I can't tell you how many times I felt like every dad that I was forced to go along with thought exactly this. Like, this is supposed to be time with me and my son! Why do I have to take care of this weird kid instead? Uh, none of them ever said that out loud. They were very, very nice. But I internalized that, as all things uh, Catholic made me do.
0: I'm pretty sure that if you put your kid in the Boy Scouts that you're not going to act that way to another kid.
1: Yeah, you'd be surprised. I do know there were some douchebags.
0: All right. Good to know. Uh-huh. Um, Shoto does point out to his father, like, I mean, you did agree to this, so, you know, quit complaining about it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, then, uh, I, I do like how I he mean, has a thing of, like, well, come on, whatever. So what you thought I would say? They're like, but you just said it. You you were really nice. <laughs> you didn't have to merely turn it back with a mean. I just wanted to train Shoto.
0: And then Shoto's like, I mean, you could have just not had agreed to train the other two, but you did. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then Bakugo's just like, "And you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Bakugo is just very upfront with saying like, you know, I'll, I'll put up with having to deal with the two of you. If it means that I get to see how the top hero operates, <laughs> just so straightforward. I am using you <laughs> and of course Deku's really nice about it and uh, Endeavor kind of handles the situation pretty childishly because uh, when he uh, you know is leading them onward he suddenly just like leaps off a railing and starts going on patrol into patrol mode running around and stuff and they all have to follow him Um, and uh, so yeah they, they rush off and they end up coming across a villain pretty quickly we do get a flashback before that that uh, shows uh, Toshinori actually giving some advice to Bakugo and Deku after they, I guess, brought this idea to him that they would go and train with Endeavor. And he was just like, oh, yeah, it's, wow, sounds good. Uh, Deku did have some concerns about, you know, his uh, quirk training with the new, new quirks manifesting. But Toshinori's like, as long as you've got that locking, unlocking visualization down, I don't expect you'll experience any more outbursts. Yes, I'm sure that's how it'll go. Uh, but then Toshinori also had to say for Bakugo, you know, you and never are a lot alike, uh, and I think seeing him as he is now will do you a world of good. So don't, neither of you should pass at this chance. So there is presumably going to be. This is, I mean, it seems as though. Unlike the first time that we saw, you know, the hero training where we cut around a bit. It seems though this might be a bit more focused, especially because, you know, we already saw the entire class in action the first time. Um, also, there there's a, a wizard guy or a priest dude. He's got a big hat and a big white beard and he's floating around on like bubbles and he's very he's very very stereotypical in the way that he's talking
1: yeah well that's that's because he's the iconic villain wizardo
0: yes that's his name
1: wizardo and uh how well we don't learn his name uh how many pizza bets do i get if his name next week is wizardo
0: none damn i'm not i'm not like opposing you on that. I was like, okay, it could be. Yeah.
1: Alright, cool. So if it's Wizardo, I get all the credit then. And You're if sure. it's not, it's... nothing changes. In fact you have to respect me more for going out on a limb and suggesting no. it. No. Oh, so yeah.
0: <laughs> And the chap and the very last thing we see at the end of the chapter is Wizardo, why not? Um is attacking people by sending his bubble things flying at them. Uh oh, is that's that,
1: his Wizardo uh, uh, Bobbles.
0: Probably not. Hawks uh, is watching him from up high. He's got a little like Metal Liberation. He's got the Metal Liberation uh, Front uh, book uh, in his hand. I guess he's been given required reading uh, now that he's part of the army. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, this guy's shown up. And uh, since he's the number two hero, he's presumably got to take action here, uh, even though he's busy. So there we go. It looks like Hawks and Endeavor are going to. Reunite once again. Finally. All right. Well, this is this is you know the opening chapter of an arc. Yep. It's all right. You know.
1: I'm excited to see so, where things go. Uh, and that's pretty much all there is to say.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of setup in this. Nothing, nothing in it really that makes me go, "Ooh, this is going to be interesting." Because I mean, we already knew most of the relevant stuff in prior chapters that gets. Uh, uh, set up in this one so and uh, I guess if we just want to do one last quick check to make sure that the Crunchyroll manga didn't update we don't have either Eden Zero or Seven Deadly Sins to talk about this week which means the Knicks got fewer breaks this week god damn it um Mick I'll recap Spirit
1: Busters for you
0: <laughs> sure uh these Children first All right. um that's still going him on. Still going, Chris. <laughs> there is so much in this chapter that makes you go, man, you had like ideas that you just didn't get to do. Didn't you? <laughs> There's like a th- thing that where one of the players who looks very, you know, scruffy and older, um, has like says something in regards to, uh, cause Sora shows up and he's apparently the water boy for the team now. And, uh, they talk about how he's kind of gotten close to the manager And apparently scruffy older player dude uh, has a thing for her, I guess. And they're like, but, you know, she'd never go for you because you look like a corrupt middle-aged man. I'm like, was this guy part of the team? I guess so. Uh, They have to stop Yukito. So there is a whole thing where they explain this whole tenet of rugby play, which is that... uh, in the middle of the field, that's like the backbone. Uh, there are certain positions that can only be occupied by one person at a time. So we've got to break their backs, and that's how we'll stop Yukito. And uh, they do this by taking advantage of the fact that our main protagonist is small, so they can, you know, hide him from view, and then he'll burst through and with his 0.5 second burst thing in order to do it. And oh, they they generate an opening from that it's a cool idea um i'm sure that it would have been much more like satisfying to see it play out Mm. if we had been given enough time with these characters to care so but this is very much a series that's in we're wrapping things up now mode so i'm trying to make you think that i'm good at doing manga so that Jump will give me a chance to write another one. Yeah. So here's some cool stuff. So. That's it. Mission Yozakura family. Mission four. Recovering the ring. This is an odd chapter. Very low stakes in comparison to everything else that we've seen from this so far. But it is, I guess, largely a comedy series. But instead of there is an assassin who wants to kill Uh, mutsumi or you have to undergo hell training so that you'll be a good trainer for mutsumi this one is uh the new teacher in school is a big jerk and she confiscated mutsumi's ring and it's very important that they get it back so use all your spy abilities to break into her office and that is what happens (laughs) I,
1: i guess this is meant to be like a cathartic thing where you're like oh cool we saw uh, main character guy, learn all these skills and go through all his training, and now he gets to use it to uh get the upper hand on somebody who, I I guess you're meant to be like, is just unquestionably just a dickhead that you're just not supposed to like this person. You're supposed to be like, oh fuck her, she's uh overly uh like judicial and she's taking shit. She's she's just a biatch. I don't want I don't like her. I hope she gets her comeuppance. And then she does, uh, and there is kind a moment of. in the middle where they actually like tell a backstory that shows why he kind of takes such good care of um, Tayo, Mutsumi. Mutsumi, whatever, I don't know. Tayo was, uh, his, Tayo know. was his name. Okay. Uh, why Tayo takes good, such good care for, like, it went back even a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But then it ends with kind of a weird joke that... She saw that she got robbed. So now she's afraid for her life. And I was like, I don't really... Is she going to be like a reoccurring character? It feels like this is just kind of a detour. And... I
0: think that this is more getting a taste of... Because... Immediately, to this point in the series, we have seen Tayo as just kind of this everyday guy who is in this bizarre situation. And... If you're going to have him be Mutsumi's primary protector in the series, then he can't stay that way. So this is more, I think, establishing this is how the dynamic between the characters is going to go for the most part. Where Tayo is, yes, new to the world of spies and stuff, but he has at least some core competency uh, in regards to actually doing his job as her protector. And this is an easy mission An easy mission, quote unquote, for him to show, Okay, this is where he is now. Uh, He's more confident in his ability to do things. So it's just setting that up and also showing more insight into Mutsumi's character because, you know, we see the way that she would get treated and stuff because of the streak in her hair Uh, and how Tayo has always been someone to comfort her regarding that. But, but it's very to... low stakes, not a great, not, not, it's probably the worst chapter we've gotten for the series so far. We, so. we
1: get a tease at the end that this is like a lead up to something else. Mm-hmm. So someone our... is spying on her.
0: It's yeah. probably the next assassin. So. so
1: there's something like it's, I would be worried if this chapter just was what it was. And I was like, oh, is this going to be like a weird kind of slice of life more sort of series? But I don't think that's the direction they're going. I think this was just a detour that they wanted to. To get out mm-hmm. there, which is fine.
0: All right, me Thomas Security.
1: All right, Nick. Let's talk about Spirit Busters. So, guess what? Bitches be cooking. That's the chapter title. Ta- oh wait, no, it's just called Cooking. Uh Code Three <laughs> Cooking. Uh geez.
0: I had to throw a little bit of mm on it. Uh,
1: yeah. and, as, the, as the classic Emerald used to say in the popular early 2010 bits, boom. Or bang. I don't actually remember what he's used to say. <laughs> Bazinga! <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so, yeah, it turns out that girl has a, a cookie ghost with her now. And uh, what would you know, but security guy, oh, sorry, secure-ray-tea-guy is... That's so it's
0: hilarious. Every time. Every time. He does that time. couple
1: times. Uh, He shows up to help out. And he's like, ooh... It looks like the... Smells like bad
0: spirits. Yeah, the curry you're making looks like shit. And also smells like bad cooking, yeah. Yeah,
1: the curry you're making looks like shit. And uh, I do like that that's the only thing the ghost says. He's just like, ew, ew, looks gross, ew. Uh, And then they make a couple jokes where he shoots a spirit bomb and the ghost just eats it. And it actually kind of likes it because it's really tasty. So uh, he makes uh, like a spirit bomb curry and the ghost eats it. He actually
0: it. summons he summons the spirit bomb again and like... Chops it up. Washes it off like an ingredient, chops it up, which is, okay. That's a little funny. Okay. I didn't laugh, but I was like, okay. Fine. Yeah.
1: I like to think the thing of Magica was like, sitting back and waiting for your opinion, and he was just like, he had his hands up to his lips, he was like, God, I hope it made him laugh. <laughs> and you just, <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs>
0: ironically, like a cooking TV series. You know, you have the bit where you know there's just the dramatic music playing as the judges and.
1: Oh, I hope he likes it. I hope Gordon Ramsay doesn't call me <laughs> seven expletives in a row.
0: Oh, uh, the uh, Christmas ship is. That's uh, good. Yeah. Um, oh, I hope there you know, is a uh, Vegetables are well-cooked. Uh, the meat's not done. Look at that.
1: Look at that. Oh, oh Paul, Still crazy. raw in the middle. I hope, <laughs> I hope my dessert doesn't have a soggy bottom. That's a uh, Great British Bake Off reference for everybody out there. Boom. Here's new episodes on Netflix. I'm not sponsored, but I just want them to succeed. <laughs> they need I my don't help. think
0: they need your help, Chris. <laughs> but i have been look, going for like I, 20 seasons.
1: I need to feel important this is how i do it uh so the ghost eats it and it's really good so its cheeks uh fall off and it's kind of cute and uh then it just like kind of leaves it it it, like it's like good food and then sort of evaporates into the air and uh secure ray t guy makes good food and he's like it would be a shame. If we wasted yours that you spent four hours apparently cooking, so I'll try it. Eats a bite and dies, uh, and that's the series.
0: Yeah, I mean, as far as we're concerned, it's over. <laughs> well, hold on, like.
1: Nick. We had to. Uh, no. The very official <laughs> uh, audience spirit busters. My Thomas security. Uh, it, it requires uh, two votes to continue on in the magazine. Uh first vote nick. No. All right, well that's not very suspenseful for the audience. All right, what do I say? There's no drama to it anymore, uh but I would also say no, unfortunately.
0: No. I mean, I've had fun hating on it, but it's just I literally for the past two weeks my reaction to you know when i've been opening up the chapters to read them so i can prepare notes has been goddamn oh, god damn it I still gotta do me time security it's it's the exact same as it was last week oh, i gotta read this series again <laughs> it's well it's, it's just annoyance
1: does it help nick if you find out that other series are doing far more successful than we passed over like uh, uh yui camillo i think is actually doing relatively well nowadays
0: it's at least gotten to over 20 chapters.
1: <laughs> so maybe this, and this
0: admittedly, connection. there was more. I mean, look, it's a stupid gag series. OK, I I mean, I don't think that there's been a stupid gag series that has come up on. Weekly can recap that have been like, yes, that's great. So. I just don't have it's just not even worth hating. So.
1: Well, that's fair enough, I guess. Let's move on to something way more exciting, Nick. Samurai 8, <laughs> baby!
0: Samurai right away 8. To the, top. the Tale of Hachimaru. Chapter 18. Always shop responsibly. It's like it's like a commercial or something, like a PSA. So
1: it, it, it was also made uh very evident this week that uh, Samurai 8 is not doing particularly well in Japan. We we mentioned it before that it's not doing well in the mm-hmm. ranking, but I guess even its its uh, volume sales weren't particularly successful. And the common mm-hmm. consensus in Japan seems to be that a lot of people are pretty disappointed. So,
0: considering this is Kishimoto's follow up series,
1: yeah. So a lot of pe- so enjoy Samurai while you can if you've invested a lot into this universe.
0: <laughs> pull well, back maybe a little. If you're invested a lot in the universe, then the universe is gonna give you this chapter, I guess. <laughs> this is a strange chapter. <laughs> it's it's like an entirely different series all of a sudden, with these two goofball thief ca- thief characters. So we've got the serious guy Ryu, and then the more the leader the loudmouth leader guy, Hagu Hagma, whatever. He's just told Ryu to slice up everyone but the girl. So the guy, Ryu turns to him and is like, well, thanks for everything. And he's going to cut him. And he's like, what are you doing? No, stop. And he's like, I mean, you said to slice up everyone but the girl. (laughs) And uh, he's very literal minded. That's the joke. So...
1: Oh, I thought you said very liberal-minded, and I was like, I mean, I guess I don't. Oh, yeah, I, he's a, he's. I don't know if he really established his feelings on things.
0: As he's as he's preparing to fight them, he he's like, all workers deserve a living wage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darama's like, hey, you know, you focus on protecting, and Hashimaru, i I will deal with them, and so he charges in, um, and. <laughs> Then Ryu like, calls out his hand right when they get close to each other. He's so like, stop. And he's like, are you a male or female cat? Because he's uh, you know, got to make sure that uh, Dharma is not a girl because uh, the guy told him not to, not to attack any of the girls.
1: That so, makes sense. Yeah.
0: And Dharma does say something, which I think is probably the only fo- kind of funny line, which is he's asked, are you a male or female cat? And he's like, I am neither. I'm a man, which is just so strange coming out of, you know, this little cat dude.
1: And uh, it causes another big conflict of interest because now who owns the rights? Dharma, Becky Lynch, or Rick Flair? Like, it's another hat being thrown into the ring as to who is the man. No, no,
0: no. Dharma just says, I'm a man, Chris. I'm still
1: oh, fine. OK. Never mind. Ah, definite article is very specific in this it's situation.
0: Exactly right. Mm-hmm. You know, they. You never. You know. You don't remember. You know any of the times where they were like, you know, Randy Savage was like, "I am a Macho Man," mm-hmm. and it's like, "Ah, oh, no, 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 no. That would have a much different effect. Then he'd be having '70s music follow him around. No, no. Weezy well, is the Macho Man. Then, oh yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, completely different.
1: Remember, Macho Man had a rap career.
0: Yes, I do.
1: It's good times. Yes. I mean, not really, but... Uh, I
0: wish that he had done another.
1: <laughs> I hope it was another album, primarily dunking all over Hulk Hogan.
0: Be a man, Hogan.
1: Like, it's like, Macho Man, Macho Man, it's time for your second album. His, uh, his producer is very British. And he's like, what you, what you gonna do for your next big hits? Because he's one of the Beatles. Uh, this is Paul McCartney. It's like, oi! I uh, know, oh, hold on. They're, they're like, oi, Macho Man, uh, <laughs> What are you gonna do for your next big record? Oh, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about how much I hate Hulk Hogan. Oh, uh, did you wanna try anything a little bit different there, man?
0: Oh, I hate Hulk Hogan. It's all—it's oh.
1: the only thing. That's my muse. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, perhaps maybe we can get Migos into feature on one of your songs. Who? Migos—they're not big now. In presumably when this record is being recorded in 2008 or so. But they—they're they're gonna be huge in the future. <laughs> I don't even know what your reference. Migos, Nick. God, you're so out of touch.
0: I am. Uh, re- what we were you Post actually Malone, had-
1: Nick? He's like, "When do we get some Post Malone?" on At that point, he's pre-Malone though. <laughs> Boom. Got it.
0: That is a lame fucking joke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was what Paul McCartney was known for. That's what they always used to say about him.
0: He does lame fucking jokes. <laughs>
1: his terrible puns. Oh, jeez. Uh,
0: so Ryu does this thing where he uh, Darth mauls it. He has a blade coming out of each side of his handle bone. Uh, so that catches him off guard a little bit. Uh, but they're still at an advantage because they're inside of Dharma's ship and it's like, Hey, this is my key holder. So, ah, I've got you. And so, uh, Ryu cuts their way out of there and they try to escape. Um, and as Dharma pursues after them, he gets this audio notification that says your purchases at Ball Sector 052 Shaft Station are returning an error with your credit you cannot complete your payment. Please confirm your remaining balance or you will be held here for up to 72 hours. So Dharma's got to like deal with this. And he's like, give me transaction details. And it's like, well, there's an grocery store in ingredients, 20,000 yen, Hachimaru clothing store, clothing, 15,000 yen, textile store, clothing. And Dharma's like, wait a minute, a textile store. He's fighting the guy while he's, while he's basically disputing a credit card charge. And, so it turns out that um, somehow Hajimaro accidentally spent 17 million yen, which is the equivalent of nearly 200 thousand uh, dollars, at this textile store. As a result, Dharma has a dollar left in his bank account. So a drink that Dharma got earlier didn't go through, and the vendor is now yelling up at him while he's having this sword fight. And then Hachimaru calls him on a video call that comes out of his helmet. And he's like, Master, distract, you seem distracted. Focus on the fight. And then he gets chopped in the helmet. It's so strange because it just suddenly gets really fucking silly this entire series. Hachimaru's dad died like three weeks ago.
1: <laughs> hey, gotta get over it. All right?
0: Yeah, it's funny now. It's funny. Um. So Dharma scolds Hachimaru and explodes with anger. Energy comes out from all around him knocks the thieves away. Um, the call goes out. The entire freaking ship shakes. And uh, it turns out that uh, Hachimaru actually made an honest mistake because, you know, he spent all of his time inside. He doesn't really have any sense of money. And he got the zeros confused. So... He brought this little piece of fabric that cost, yeah, a lot of money. Um, when he meant to, he thought it would only be about twenty dollars. Uh, so he he apologizes, and I was like, "All right, I I, I guess I, I guess you made an honest mistake, but why did you buy a roll of gold embroidered fabric?" Uh, and I, remember, I was like, "Oh, I wanted to give it to Anne as a present because you know you ripped your own, you ripped up your sash when you were trying to stop my dad's bleeding earlier. So I wanted you know to pay that back for you. And you've just been wearing it like that the entire time since uh, we've been we've been gone. And it's actually kind of sweet. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, you wanted you want to give her a present, uh, and uh, because she sacrificed something for him. Um, so." She's like, I mean, hey, you know, let's go, let's go return to the store. I really appreciate the gesture, though. So uh, the thieves are in cuffs because I guess the burst of energy did take them out. Uh, And loudmouth thief guy is like, hey, you know, it seems like you're strapped for cash. But, you know, you're pretty strong and we've got some special information for someone like you and it could be worth your while. Uh, And he basically says that there's a planet that there's gonna have a festival for rogues and ruffians and no-holds-barred fighting event. And uh, the winner gets a chance to fight against the festival's sponsor. And if you win that fight, you get a billion yen. And Darn was like, Oh, a billion? And Hachimura was like, Wow, I, I guess you're kind of a greedy asshole, Master. <laughs> so...
1: I mean, Izzy, um, he just had all of his life savings blown by one, you're gonna kid. return
0: it to get it back.
1: <laughs> yeah, but still, if somebody's like, "Hey, you know this thing you're already absurdly good at. If you do it, you could make ten million dollars or whatever," I'd be like, oh. "Oh, okay," and then I would just start like exploding cum everywhere like it would be violent out of control they're like, well, it's
0: good to know what dharma's expression here indicates uh-huh. when he's like yeah
1: it's, <laughs> okay. uh, that's how it goes I, this is science
0: so uh yeah they're like okay um i guess we'll we'll go there because they uh also learn that the sponsor of the tournament the person that they have to fight uh, if they win the tournament uh Holds a key to some legendary box or something. So, and points out, that's one of the people we're looking for, I guess. So, hey, they might as well go to this tournament because one of the people that they're looking for is there. And they can get a whole ton of funds to uh, continue their journey. So, might as well. So, that's what that that's the end of the chapter. I didn't hate this chapter. I thought it was actually, for the most part, quite entertaining. I was just completely taken aback through most of my time, both times reading it. Uh, because, God, it's just so silly. Uh, And I didn't expect the series to take this very flippant tone um, so soon after doing its dramatic stuff. It's a bit of a whiplash.
1: I I actually find it pretty funny, and I'm kind of glad that the series could have a little bit of silliness to it. Uh, I'm still not entirely sold on these two new characters, where I kind of like Ryu. The other character just isn't leaving much of an impression. I think it's just his design isn't Mm -hmm. particularly memorable for someone who I feel like is supposed to be like kind of this Han Solo rogue type, like a slick talker and he feels pretty forgettable. Um, But I I actually do like this chapter for the most part. It's a little silly, but, you know, that's fine. I I think this series is maybe still trying to find its tone. And if you you do look at everything that happened on that planet earlier was kind of like a prologue then it is, I think, okay to like try to establish a new tone going forward, and you're like, I guess this arc, maybe uh, Hachimaru's uh, parental figure won't die. Now, if Aruma di- <laughs> or, uh, Daruma dies like three chapters in from this, and you're like, yeah, it's kind of weird, but I think it's fine to reestablish. And
0: then three chapters after that, Hachimaru will be hanging out with the thief guys, and they'll have a very wacky uh, adventure on some planet somewhere together, and no mention of the dead mentor father figures is, is mentioned at all.
1: I I know I read this chapter though originally and I, I finished it because I remember the shot of the planet. I think my brain exited my body though midway through because as you were describing I was like I don't remember this. I don't remember this. I don't remember any of this. I don't remember that they were going to do a tournament or something like that. I don't remember that he he bought the thing for on. I was like everything just left my mind as I was reading it.
0: No, I actually get that because there were a bunch of details that I had forgotten to. because all I could remember was the freak out over the overspending. Like, that that was the only thing I could remember because I was like, really? Is this what the point of the chapter is? What? <laughs>
1: uh, all right, Nick. Let's talk about We Never Learn. Question mm-hmm. 127. The pizza Bet's face, the fateful morning, fresh and pure. So, uh, you, you mentioned how uh, in... What was it? Uh, My hero that we went from like Christmas to New Year's really quickly. And I was like, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: they would never do that. And we never learn. We never learn Never cuts down time. It's always about drawing. Sometimes you have to assume four to five chapters happen in a day based on how strict the schedule seems to be. Uh, And that's what's going to happen this time because the national exams are coming up. So, yeah, surely. so
0: presumably we've got like another three months of them studying and stuff uh, before we actually get there.
1: Yep. So uh, 10 days remain. So 10 days. So that's a lot of chapters to fill in there. Uh, essentially, what happens is I'll well, say
0: you... 10 chapters, yeah, like, yeah.
1: Ten, 10 chapters or so properly. Uh is thinking about how the national exam's coming up and that there's a secondary exam uh, in February or March. Uh, and he's like, oh, man, it's really it's really tough thinking about all this. Uh, it, it's 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 after all on the practice exam the other day, like he's kind of nervous because he's, he's worried about the practice exam scores and everything like that. He, he drops his uh, his results and the uh, the principal picks him up and he's like, yeah. here you go. Hey, I, I saw the results from the practice exam. And he's like, oh, well, you know, just like no, I saw yours too, and Ogata's and Takamoto's and everybody. And, you know, I after I pointed you the tutor, I thought maybe you could convince them to change their fields because you're one of their classmates. So maybe they would go along with what you said. And I apologize for that, because you helped them overcome their obstacles. Their 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 test results presumably are actually pretty good. And he's like you know, you've helped them work so hard to overcome things that they couldn't. And he's like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about that. But, you know, I just supported them and it felt good. They're the ones who did it. And it was over their power. You see all three of the girls are like just around the corner, kind of like blushing as he compliments them so highly. And the vice principal thinks back to Uega's father, who was laid up in a hospital bed because he worked so hard for his students that he just got sick from it, and
0: uh, well, well, I don't know if that's the implication, but he was sick and he was still prioritizing them because yeah. he was like still doing reviews for his students while he was supposed to be focusing on recovering.
1: So he's he's even thinking, you know, ah, you know, my oldest son, he cares a lot, and you're my best friend, uh, principal. Uh, so when. <laughs> When he grows up, I want him to go to your school so that you can provide him the strict guidance he needs. And uh, the principal's like, ah, do you see? Your son grew up strong and caring, just like you. So uh, the other girls are pretty nervous on the way back home. They're acting a little bit weird. There's a moment where they all want to hold Uweka's hand. And they end up kind of in like one weird big group hug. And then the, the mother and her child, who has never seemingly gotten older... This uh, I feel like we, we've gone about a year in this magazine and uh, that child refuses to get any, any older. It's just like, look, mama, they're playing the hugging game. Uh, and they have a little bit of fun. Then we skip a week.
0: <laughs> it's a weird little note because because the mother uh, is like,
1: oh, I used to be part of a harem,
0: too. And I <laughs> won your dad that way. <laughs>
1: uh, so, yeah, they skip a week. Uh, something that seems unthinkable in this series we
0: i was shocked when this happened
1: we <laughs> cut forward the full week to the day of the national exam and but before we, we cut
0: forward chris we get a study montage
1: yeah, everyone's working very hard the uh mm-hmm.
0: read that book here we go
1: learn about the stuff for the test <laughs> make sure you don't fall dude do, dude dude like well, that's a weird lyric. getting smart now <laughs> uh so yeah you wake, uh, like wakes up and his parents or his mom rather and his sister his oh, siblings are like hey alive again. <laughs> they're like hey go out there and uh you know uh do your thing we you got everything he's like yep see you good uh, see you later, uh, I'm gonna do good so he's, he's walking home, or he's walking to school and he's like, wow, snow's pretty deep uh, I gotta be careful not to slip glad I left early and he sees a dog that uh, has a leash on but no owner and the dog is uh rather adorably about to run into traffic and I say rather adorable because this dog's face is way too cute for the scene that's about to unfold <laughs> following this so this dog is about to leap into traffic Yuega lunges out, grabs the dog by the leash, and pulls the dog back and kind of steadies himself on a railing. And he's like, whew, alright, thank goodness, I saved this dog, now where do you live? Uh, But the railing is covered with snow, and the snow kind of crumbles underneath his hand, and he slips and loses his balance. And we cut over to the school, as all the girls are there, and they're like, cool, hey, alright, I can't wait to see what's going on! And they're like, hey, where's, uh where's Uega They're like well that's weird usually Uega's like the first one here and uh as uh Ruka's like well I hope he's okay we hard cut over to Uega who uh fucking just fell down the stairs and uh is I mean they can't really show a lot of blood but is presumably very badly injured in the falling snow
0: yeah if you if you fall down a flight of stairs uh you're presumed head first no less you're probably not doing so great. You're not doing better than you were the first time, um, uh, than you were before you fell down. I should say. And the dog is there, and he's like looking at his hand, and it's like, oh, geez. I mean, it's weird because I don't think I've. It's been probably a couple of months since I read, you know, the chapter of a manga and I have felt as distressed as I did reading the end of this chapter. Not not even the the end, but like, you know, the part towards the end where you see Yuiga's hand slip and he starts to fall. And I was like, oh, gosh, <laughs> it, it was, I was like, are you serious? Is oh, he going to no. hit his head? And, and, and I mean, the implication here, I think that the probably the only thing that you're going to have to worry about is Yuiga is going to miss this important first test. Um Presumably what's going to happen is that this dog's owner is going to come across them. Uh, But it's very, you know, it's, it's distressing to see this kid who has worked as hard as he has to not just get himself ready for these tests, but his friends as well all of a sudden just something horrible happens. And it reminds me of when I was taking uh, my final exams for high school and we had to take them off location and we kept, you know, when you've got like a hundred kids, uh, traveling for, you know, 30 minutes multiple times in the course of a month, inevitably one of the trips does not go well. Uh, and that happened for a few of us. Uh, some, you know, someone got pulled over at one point. One person didn't set their alarm properly. I uh, put a, my car in reverse, uh, in drive instead of reverse at one point and fucked up my headlights. All this stuff happens and you're just worried about all these things that have nothing to do with actually being mentally prepared to take a test that will in part determine a lot of your success in a certain point of your life and uh things can just go wrong and you don't have much as much control of them and uh so that brought a lot of that back for
1: me and also kid fell down some stairs (laughs) it's bad it's a rough time um so i feel like maybe susui was listening to us and was like Oh, you don't don't think the series' writing is very good anymore, huh? All right, well, I'm going to push you go down a flight of stairs and see how you feel. Uh, I hope he didn't
0: hit his head on that railing that his hand slipped on.
1: (laughs) I I would like to hope he didn't as well. Uh, But, yeah, it was a very shocking kind of, like, way for this to go. Uh, And I'm curious, because there's a part of me that wonders... Where this is going to go because I, I do agree that I'm like, I, I assume this is a way for him to miss it because they established in the chapter that there's kind of a secondary exam, so he'd have to kind of be resort, you know, we had to resort to that one. Uh, but I wonder if because this chapter showed it, we're also going to see Uega in the hospital, and, and this is where I'm not sure if we're going to do this because the principal. Didn't really frame it like it's an issue, but I do wonder if we're going to examine Uega's sort of selfless nature at its mm. most dangerous, because I feel like that's maybe something that should have been expressed more in that scene with his dad is like, oh, I mean, this is very admirable of you, but this might be what leads to your death is you neglecting your own health in favor of helping others and I wonder if that's something that maybe we're going to touch upon, or at least examine in some way.
0: I guess it's possible. I think that uh, that was something that did get brought up the last time we had an arc that focused specifically on Yuiga, though. Um, so I don't know if that necessarily needs to be driven uh, driven home as hard. But it could go a lot of different ways, and I'm really looking forward to the next chapter to find out exactly what uh, what angle... Uh, we go with here. Oh. So, all right, let's move on to Doctor Stone. This is chapter Z equals uh fuck. Where is it? One hundred twenty-one. Medusa's true face. So, uh, yeah, Doctor
1: Stone's been pretty slow recently. It's been kind of. I don't know
0: about this. I don't know eh. about the direction things been going.
1: sark has been kind of at a lull, kind of waiting yeah, for something to happen. So yeah <laughs> god damn it we just need to say it about every series like we're like ah this thing's kind of at like a slow point right I now know,
0: Chris. one piece seems like it's kind of going slow right now
1: <laughs> uh, I promise Neverland's really been losing me recently I just feel like it doesn't really do anything doesn't hook me anymore I hear academia I don't know about this
0: <laughs> time of security uh, it's fine um, <laughs> yeah you know what it's great
1: <laughs> keep it up
0: so a uh, couple of things, of course, are still going on from the previous chapter. First thing that we touch on is uh, Mozu fighting Kohaku after she was discovered. She is using her hidden weapon to fight him while he is you know, in proper armor and everything. And Mozu starts to taunt her uh, a little bit or at least, you know, speak pridefully of himself uh, as they battle. Uh, he says, you know, you must realize just how much stronger I am. You know, the, the whole lot of you together could never beat me. And Kahaka is like, I knew how strong you were even before we started fighting. So shut the hell up. <laughs> um, and he seems to catch her, uh, a little bit. Uh, I think that he knocks her weapon away, uh, with a strike. I think that's what happens in one panel. It's a little bit difficult to tell. Uh, And he proceeds to kind of continue his usual act of, like, all I care about are, you know, females' appearances and stuff. And she's like, you know, you've got a cute face. Hey, what's your type, Kohaku? How about me? I'm stronger than strong. It's a really lame way of putting that.
1: (laughs) Uh, You know, Nick, I I used to describe myself on dating websites that way as well. Now I'm starting to rethink it. You think I should stop bleeding with that? (laughs) Hey, ladies, I'm stronger than strong. Also enjoy the office and uh, hiking. (laughs) I'm like, why won't anyone match with me?
0: Uh, Kohaku's uh, hair ornaments have also been knocked off of her head by this blow. So she takes a little bit of a breath ties her hair up she's gonna tear it tie her hair up and square up chris mm. like my favorite underrated uh, female wrestler anyway uh
1: now i hope i assume that's not ironic because Cindy Deville is actually extremely talented she's great uh that is one of the worst catchphrases in history it though is. so <laughs> we could properly dunk on that because i imagine at some point they're like we're gonna make t-shirts out of this put your hair up and square up everyone's gonna be saying it kids Uh, dogs will start speaking to be like, and I'm pretty
0: sure that it was something that either she came up with or like someone she was just brainstorming with, uh, you know, was like, Hey, how about this? And it's like the only thing she's been able to come up with since then, because we can't all be like right back Chris and just be a catchphrase inventing machine where you make 20 lame catchphrases instead of (laughs) one.
1: Hey, well, yeah. What about the best catchphrase machine of them all? Nick, uh, the big dog, uh, but not actually the big dog, because I realize now that's actually a, a wrestler in WWE. But the big dog, Brock Lesnar, and his trademark, Brock Party. <laughs> that God. they sold t-shirts for for an uh, ornament he held for three weeks, four weeks? <laughs> uh, but uh, back to the point. Uh, not yeah. the manga. Back to the point of Sonya Deville. She's extremely talented, but it is a yes. terrible, terrible catchphrase. And yes. uh, can we talk about t-shirts in WWE, Nick? Why are so many so bad? I want to buy t-shirts for my favorite wrestlers. I don't
0: get it. I honestly don't get it. There are so many wrestlers that are like, I wish I could support this person. Oh, all their t-shirts are super terrible (laughs) looking.
1: Let me, let me, let me And I have no
0: fashion sense.
1: I I really like the revival. Let me go look up their shirt. Oh, it's bright yellow (laughs) with uh, the cartoonish image of them on the front. That's awesome. Can't wait to get that. No, well, I can't do it, Nick. You know. No. How do I support them? Let them know that I'm not into know. flips, just fists.
0: I was, I was a big fan of Cody Rhodes for from like the first or second month that I was watching wrestling, and until he left WWE, some some five odd years later, he never had a good T-shirt, and <laughs> <It's, laughs> never bought a single one.
1: <laughs> there are so many wrestlers that you're like, man, I, you, it's like you. Were, it's like you pissed off the graphic design artist like you were Randy Orton in a in a fit of juvenile prankness you decided to poop in somebody's purse and now they just are holding it against you uh, and yeah that's that's how a lot of wrestlers feel unfortunately
0: yeah. Yeah. anyway Ginro dies in this chapter
1: <laughs> <laughs> what I never got to the end <laughs>
0: Before we get to that point, uh, Kohaku has, uh, instead of saying, put your hair up and square up, she says that kind of strength that she values is strength of character. Someone who follows his ideals step by step and keeps hammering away however long it takes. That's the sort of man I'd fall for. That's definitely not Chip teasing her with Senku. Let me tell
1: you. No, Nick, uh, she could be talking about anybody. Um, Maybe magma. That kind of (laughs) looks magma. And you (laughs) think about it follows his ideals a lot.
0: Mozu says... Your face is the only cute thing about you. So
1: what? She, she?
0: This fucking guy. Oh, like, You're ugly anyway. After flirting with her for forty I minutes wish, unsuccessfully. Like,
1: some guy over in the side's like, I don't know. I think her legs are still pretty nice. He's like, I was trying to speak more metaphorically. <laughs> it was in a very serious moment here. He's like, I am just calling it. likes I sees it. She got scams. He's like, can you be quiet? Now we're trying to have a fight. It's very intense. Mostly People does, are about to die soon.
0: Mose is the Stone Age equivalent of this girl hasn't been uh, respond, replying to my private messages, so I'm just going to call her ugly now. <laughs> anyway, uh, Impara uh, was in the room with Ginro, was going to fuck him. Like, that was what was going to happen until Ginro got out the pineapple uh, acid, acid I, I forget the name of the chemical, the knockout juice, uh, and he saw the statue. And so uh, Ibarra, still thinking that Ginrolina's girl, uh, is gonna have to kill him now because um, it, I, there's a weird moment because like there were a lot of girls who've seen that statue. They were very bad and these old bones don't relish the killing, but alas... So apparently he's just not very cautious whenever he brings girls up to be brought before the leader so he can fuck them in front of this statue. And they keep on looking behind this curtain and he keeps on having to kill them. Ginro tries to get away, uh, sees Kohaku and is, is going to be like, all right, yes, I'm going to use my ultimate technique, not my problem. And he calls out to Kohaku for help and she looks up at him and sees Ginro and tries to shout a warning And Ibarra comes up and stabs him through the gut from behind. Very shocking image. I thought that, like, this was going to be a fake out or something like that. Like, there were ketchup packets under his clothes Mm. or something. No. Dude takes the claws on the tips of his fingers and with his giant ass hand, stabs Ginro through the ribs, the solar plexus, the stomach, and the intestine. And Ginro falls bleeding to the ground. Yeah.
1: Oh, Alright. You know, I didn't see this one coming a couple weeks ago.
0: So Kohaku abandons the fight with Mozu, rushes over to her friend, and is like, Wow, yeah, you're gonna die <laughs> as soon as she gets a good look at his wounds. Um, and Ginro starts mumbling something with the uh, with his Presumably one of his pierced lungs, and Kahaku tries to kind of, you know, kind of like I guess make herself calm down by kind of telling a joke, say, so like, "Hey, hey, hey, I know, I know, you, you're gonna like, uh, you're gonna ask me to put your, you out of your misery, right? So that's yeah, you're gonna run away from this, right? Like, no, no, come on, I mean, we're we're gonna find a way to save you." Instead, Ginro says, "The master is a statue. It's just like Soyuz, so he might be his." And so Kohaku calms down and says, you did a good job getting that information. And is like, well, I know there's no saving me, but I'm supposed to be a village guard. I'm a warrior, so I had to be cool at the very end. He says goodbye, but he doesn't say goodbye to Kohaku. He says goodbye to Kinro. Aww. But Kohaku gets a serious look on her face and says, you know, you're right, Kinro. you are beyond help. There's only one thing I can do. Amaryllis runs up to the two of them and Kohaku mutters something to her that we don't get to hear. And then Kohaku dashes up back up the tree with Ginro in her arms, gets all the way up to the top of this hut on, on in uh, that overlooks the entire village and she starts bellowing out at the top of her lungs. Hey, your master is actually... And Ibarra immediately turns to all the guards and is like, hey, 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 don't listen to her. You know, the villain's the, the villain is trying to lie to you. So the master special power will strike her now. So cover your eyes or else you'll be turned to stone. And everyone does cover their eyes, uh, including Amaryllis, although she's kind of like you know, doing a little bit of peeking around the edge. And she's like, this has nothing to do with, you know, witnessing the power firsthand. You just doesn't want them to see what the petrification weapon looks like. And uh, Kagura, something like that. Uh, takes out the petrification device and tosses it high up into the air right above Kohaku and Ginro. And uh, Ginro realizes that this was a gambit on Kohaku's part, that uh, she wanted them to use the weapon. And yep, Kohaku confirms that he need, she needs uh, them to be petrified because that's the only way to save Ginro's life, is to petrify him and then use the revival fluids so that his wounds will be healed. And we get a full-on look and what the petrification device looks like? It is a bizarre, glass, Ouroboros kind of thing with the, you know, like a Möbius strip yeah, that wraps. Like,
1: around it itself. looks like two Möbius strips linked together. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, it's tossed up into the air, and Gainer's like, "Oh, it looks kind of, kind of pretty." And Kahaka says, "I can really see it with my vision." Medusa's true face. And it's just like Senku thought. It's not some kind of magic or curse without rules. This Medusa is based on science. And the glass structure, or possibly metal structure, but it looks like it might be glass, uh, of the device has all these little panels and wires and stuff that you can see. So you can see that, yeah, that is definitely a weird, intricate piece of technology that's been tossed into the air. And this. Aura comes out of it the same as we saw uh, in Amarilis' flashback and uh, now it's basically up left to her. She's the only member remaining of the science team as we see Kohaku and Ginro start to get petrified and turn to stone. And uh, But they say they go with a smile on their face because they're sure that their friends are going to to save them. And that's the end of the chapter. So, really good chapter this week. Really kicked things up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I didn't see this coming, and no. I, I maybe that's on me, because I should have had more faith in Nagaki, uh, because the best thing I could always say about Ice Shield 21 is that he made the cast relevant, like the whole cast, for the most part, uh, got their things to do. It wasn't just a two-character show or something like that, so, you know, when they broke the teams apart, and you're like, oh, I wonder what uh, Ginro's going to do in all of this, because he's he's the one that's kind of involved here and stuff like that. Uh, Especially when he got to be made part of the 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 harem team or whatever. You're like, I wonder what he's gonna do. And you're like, oh, he has this baller-ass like moment where he gets killed, but he uses his last moments to tell the team an important piece of information, and then apologizes to his brother as he's dying, and then fucking Kohaku decides to make a giant heroic sacrifice on the faith that The heroes will win and they won't, you know, they're they're going to be saved from the petrification, but it's such a baller-ass move. It's executed really well with them jumping to the very top of this building and and shouting it from there and being turned to stone, like, as they're physically being turned to stone, saying, like, okay, we're gonna be fine, because we're gonna wait for for Senku to save us because we have that much faith, and it's like, fuck, man. Executed that shit like a motherfucker. It's great.
0: It's really cool. And it, it does also make... Kohaku' uh, per actions in the last couple of chapters out to be considerably more uh, calculated, as opposed to just being like, "You know, fuck, I'm gonna fight this guy."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I like other people in the chat are like what about that one girl quarterback? Yes, I suppose she didn't get executed very well, but uh, maybe she's in this series. Maybe Inagaki doesn't write. (laughs) She just
0: like they go inside of this cave and they see this this girl who's been like perfectly preserved (laughs) (laughs) mid-pass.
1: And they're like, oh my god, look at that form. That's the most perfect pass I've ever seen. We need to unfreeze her because what the world needs right now is the perfect football quarterback. We need the
0: Tayo out alexander's number one quarterback who was hiruma's rival in that
1: matchup (laughs) it was was right down to the wire you never really knew who was gonna get the remember all of her iconic techniques like like a rose pass or some shit like
0: that the one thing that we got to see her do was throw a perfect spiral that was basically it
1: (laughs) it was very iconic though really like and you know
0: anyway, she's was, the best quarterback ever. She's the best quarterback in Japan, which is why she did not make the team that went to America for the very tournament. Tough.
1: There was uh such a a a a run on really good quarterbacks, you know? She would have been number four. Well, maybe maybe five. Well, maybe maybe it's five. maybe, maybe they, after they Marco. Originally I, know, <laughs> I know it was a strong safety, but <laughs> Marco was the fourth quarterback. Then her well, because they
0: brought Hiruma and Kid. Kid, Agon wasn't Agon
1: saying he was the third Agon was supposed to be.
0: Agon was supposed to be like an all rounder, basically. Yeah, I think that he was supposed to be like on defense in their lineup. He, he and then yeah listed, Mar-
1: he was, was listed as a yeah. as a linebacker, but I thought he said like there, I remember there's a scene where they all get in the car and they talk about how quarterbacks usually win the MVP trophy. So, Aegon was like, I'm going to win it because I'll prove to you guys I'm the best quarterback or some shit like that. It didn't matter um, whatsoever. But got
0: everyone got their asses kicked by Clifford until yeah. they worked together, right? <laughs> Clifford D. Lewis.
1: This is the name that strikes terror to your soul. Anyway, yeah, great much. chapter.
0: Yes, it was. The Promised Neverland. Chapter 150. Vow of 700 years. So last time. Um, Ghislaine's men. Were getting carved the hell up by the queen. And they. Exploded a bunch of suicide vests. After she had cut them up. Because that was the only way that they, were, they knew. That they were going to. Uh, do anything in the match. Not match. Battle. Whatever. It's not like this is a sanctioned fight. For some fighting tournament. Anyway. There are still some of Gilan's followers left, uh, all wearing their matching masks and stuff. And the queen just says, truly ridiculous, hardly a scratch on my body. And then she realizes she's basically covered in chewing gum. Uh, the suicide bombs weren't just to explode all over her they were to cover in adhesives so that she, her movement would be cut down significantly. And uh, this is what they had been planning for the beginning. They, they knew that the royal family was on a completely different level. This was the only way they could possibly kill the queen. So they had to stop her movement by doing this. And then, as the second part of this plan, they told, uh, they told Gieland, they're like, look, we're going to attack her head on and she will slice our heads off. So when she does that, eat them and make us a part of you. Everyone has eaten various things for this revenge to live, to win and survive. At the end, please eat us. We are always with you, my lord. It was an honor to serve you. And Gilan stoops down. He picks up their heads and (laughs) his mouth gets really wide in order to fit all the heads in. He he, he just kind of like doesn't chew. (laughs) And uh, so he does that. And uh, they're like, we will join together and kill the queen. And so the queen is struggling around like, eh,
1: eh, eh. stop it. So, <laughs> uh, so sticky.
0: And Keelan starts beating the shit out of her with like a baseball bat.
1: I know it's not actually a baseball bat, but it, it sure as hell looks like one. It's like a very ornate baseball bat. Like yeah. someone decided to like carve a tablecloth pattern to do it.
0: Uh, because he has to break her mask so that uh, she'll lose her protection. And although the first blows looks like it breaks her neck. Uh, so maybe he should have just kept on hitting her with it instead of switching to a different plan. Uh, and he just keeps on going after her while she can't move attacking until uh, he can rip off her mask. And he thinks, You know, he thinks to himself, you know, you must die, your majesty. You must die and fall to hell for us, for all citizens. And uh, what he's done beating her up, her mask has fallen off. We get a good look at her face and she's got these weird. She's got like three eyes and they're not actually at least three eyes. There might be more. It's a little hard to tell. Uh, And they're not even like uh, congruent. They're not symmetrical with each other. And uh, after that, he takes out a sword and is, and is just like repent in hell. And We get this big full page spread of him stabbing down with this sword and all of the spirits of his followers are with him driving forward in this one final blow. And then he's diced up into cubes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that didn't work. He's cut the hell up. Uh, he falls over in many pieces. And the remaining members of the royalty are like, oh, your majesty, you did it. Yay. And the queen just kind of gets up and <clears throat> cracks her neck back into place and just says, oh, that was a bit tiring. And Gilin is on the ground with just his head looking up at her. And he just thinks to himself, what just happened? And she picks up his head and says, you know, I didn't think that you would get this far. And I'm, I'm pretty surprised. You know, you, yeah, you did a good job surviving for 700 years, but you were foolish. You were able to survive. You should have stayed hidden in a mountain or valley instead of seeking revenge. And, you know, she thinks about their whole thing, like they allowed us to live. We have the duty to attest to the truth. And She just says, that's absurd. Look, Gielan. And she points his head at all the corpses of his followers and says, justice doesn't always win. In fact, you're not on the side of justice anymore. You killed innocent young children, something you would have never forgiven before. And you call this justice laughable. You've become quite corrupt in the last 700 years, drowning in hatred. And while she's taunting him, Gilan's body slowly starts to come back together. And he's like, I've got to, I've got to regenerate. Uh, and uh, his f- few remaining followers rush forward, trying to buy some time so Gilan can regenerate. And she just immediately dis- dispatches them as well and he's like I'll, i won't let you die in vain i'm going to bring you I'll, I'll, I'll just come back together and she and she just says to himself i know what you're thinking just a little bit more but it's over pitiful Gielin." and she puts him on the ground and steps her her heel through his eye and kills him and uh her main follower her grand vizier whatever G- give i think it was something like that something wrong, he's he, yeah. He's, he celebrates like, ah, you guys are idiots, and he starts stepping on Geelan's corpse and stuff. Uh, and uh, he's like, how dare you be so arrogant, you criminal, thinking that you could be a king. They, uh, s- some of the remaining followers ask the queen if she wants a new mask, and she's like, ah, I'm just hungry. And she gets set to devour Geelan's head, but then bullets hit it! And, uh, cause her to have to retreat and so everyone is shocked as a new figure emerges coming through the doors and oh it's one of Norman's generals Zazi and they're like is this the mastermind wait you're a human and Zazi says his badass entrance line <laughs> 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 So this was a cool um, chapter, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, so I really, really like this. Uh, and I know some people are upset because Gielan kind of goes down, not like a punk, but he he loses completely and utterly. And yeah. I think that was super important because this was, this was like three chapters, four chapters that was a buildup of Gielan. To be like, hey, here's who this Gielan guy was. Here's why he and his clan are so... Uh, slighted and are so angry at the queen and why they're willing to, to align with humans to, to bring her down. And here's some more context, just how much sacrifice has gone into it. And I think that's super important because they lose in a pretty huge way. And we, as an audience, like y- you feel bad because you're like, shit, I really wanted Gielan to win. I really wanted a-, a big victory there and you get a crushy defeat instead. And you have to remember that like, after this is going to be the kids being involved. I guess they're Mm -hmm. teenagers now and they never lose like outside of like the big, like the two or three huge moments in the series, the kids pretty universally uh, don't have like suffer huge crushing defeats. They're always pretty much shown to be pretty competent and skilled. So this was like a big moment to be like, Oh, it's not going to be just as easy as it seems presumably before we get the kids who are going to actually succeed and i don't know if it's norman killing the queen or what exactly is going to happen but I, I really appreciate that we got something that felt like a big loss for the heroes even though Geelin wasn't truly i guess a hero or anything like that i thought it was a right time to do that it was really well executed it didn't stay like it, we didn't get like seven months of gilan or something like that we got just the right amount of time to care about him and then to be sad that he lost
0: well, I like the way that it ended because I like the queen points out like, yeah, you're you're also an asshole, by the way. <laughs> um, I mean, keep in mind that Gielan was very upfront with his followers about the fact that after they killed the queen, they were going to kill Norman and his friends, too. Uh, and that was just going to be it. They were planning on ruling over the monster world and stuff. And, yeah, they cared about the people of the demon world. Uh, they didn't kill care about the humans, though. Yeah. Um, they, there was never a point in any of the flashback or anything like that where they were like, hey, you know, these kids have souls and stuff. Maybe we should, you know, not be raising them as just cattle. No, never an issue at all whatsoever. Uh, so I like that she points out that you've done some really awful shit for the sake of this vengeance that you've dedicated yourselves to when you could have lived out your lives. Uh, in safety. So the fact that you came here for this, one, you're not justified, and two, you were foolish to do this. So now suffer the consequences that you fucking killed him. Uh, we are also at the point in the story still where it's antagonists fighting antagonists. Uh, and it's important to have that context. Uh, Norman and company are not the villains but they are antagonists. They are opposed to Emma's objective uh, and her cause. And so it is also going to be a bad thing if they completely kill everyone uh, here. It's bad if they kill the like very few remaining nobles that are left. So we're kind of at this point where we don't really want anyone to die. So it's uh, basically, I think that you have to keep in mind that and from this point forward, basically anyone who dies, it's still a bad thing. So,
1: no, I agree. But yeah, really cool chapter. Like that, uh, super satisfying. All right, let's move on then to Black Clover, page two hundred and twenty. Visits. So last time, all the Black Bulls invaded, and they tried to kill Dimashio, and then they were given a mission to go outside the kingdom to. Basically, they're exiled, but they need to find proof. So that's where this chapter is kind of all about. Uh, we see, like, some some chattering from, from the peanut gallery that's like, oh, what are they doing? Oh, like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> There's some even killed though. It makes sense because you see, like, a discussion even going on. People are like, well, the Wizard King's the one who said this, and the Wizard King would never do anything rash. And they're like, that's true. He always said, better to let a child starve out in the streets than to give them aid when they were your best friend's kid. <laughs> Uh, that's actually one of his iconic quotes. It was on his gravestone before. It's it's one of the things that, like,
0: (laughs) long after he's dead, they'll put up, like, a photograph of him with that quote next to it. And people will be like, yeah, I'll (laughs) never forget the great wisdom of the Wizard King. (laughs)
1: He He was all about it. Uh, so we, we, we cut over, uh, we presume that things kind of solve themselves. And Damashio goes to talk to the Wizard King. And it's just like, huh, so... You're just going to handle everything in that form as well. Yeah, you're going to deal with all the brigades and they possessed possess boys. Like, yeah, well, I thought kind of thought this was a really good way to solve both of them, you know? And Dabashi well, was like, granting forgiveness means taking responsibility. The kingdom can't bear the responsibility. You can't bear it. And he's like, well, I didn't forgive them. I'm leaving it in their hands. They're going to solve it. It's, it's It's all about trusting them. And uh, he's like, and I'm sure one day your scales will tip in the favor of Asta's group. And Denobbio is like, fuck off. <laughs> <Fuck laughs> <you. laughs> uh,
0: I'm I'm still Sun Sun Dimnasio. I'm
1: not. I'm still. Uh, when his name was, oh, fuck. What is the character from fairy tale? I can never remember their fucking names. He would change names. Whatever. Oh, dickhead who changed Who was a magic council guy who became good. Right, and right, right, cared right, about yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah, you know what? I I don't really know what you're saying. That the kingdom Mist goes gun?
0: under. Was that it? What was it? Mist gun? Was that it?
1: Wasn't that what fake Gerard's name was when he was in the guild? Oh, I was
0: thinking of the other character in Fairy Tale who changed their
1: name, right? God, hold on. Uh, no, you know what? I'm I'm the one recapping. So That's I guess the guy I who
0: teleported them, right? And he yeah. there was the there was the, he did the fake out where it looked like Makarau was going to die. No, I got him to safety, no consequences.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember, uh like, the other characters, and there's so fucking many of them that I, I can't even begin to try to remember. Other members, Gajil, Juvia, oh my god, there's so many. The Rajan fucking gang, Mest, Mest Grider, but what was his original fucking name? Doran Bolt, that's it. Yes. Doran Bolt originally... And then became mess. So he's still Doran Bolt at this point, Domnasio. What he when he changes, he's gonna get a much cooler name
0: <laughs> than Anyway, Damnasio. now that we've established
1: that more in detail. <laughs> well note, he'll get a cooler name than the in the future, which I can't understand how he possibly can. It's the coolest name. Um, so yeah, he's like, All right, well, uh whatever. If he doesn't do it, then I will render their judgment on this, you know, for the sake of this kingdom, no matter what. Uh, and then uh says it Marks. a little bit
0: intimidating because he's like I'll, I'll render judgment on the boy I will even pass judgment on you yeah. so.
1: <laughs> so he's he's pretty strict about it Marx comes in has a moment where he's like oh you're so alive I'm very happy uh, oh, wow you know what so as I was reading this chapter it's like I forgot kind of what happened in this chapter And I got to this page I'm like now I remember this chapter
0: so, this was well this this whole little uh, conversation between Marx and Julius
1: but, I mean, this
0: chapter starts out really well, mm-hmm. I think. There's a little conversation. Really well. There's the conversation between Domnasio and Julius that kind of goes away to establishing what their relationship is at this point. That Dom Nacio, yeah, he's a jerk, but he seems to get along relatively well with the Wizard King. And he's willing to go along with him even if he disagrees with him. He kind of has that faith in him. And then we get Marks coming up and he's like, oh, you know, this was something that we you didn't need to do, but... I mean, Marx was the most distraught person when Julius seemingly died. And we get this little reunion between the two of them. And we see that, hey, they actually do really care about each other. Even though Julius was always kind of frustrating Marx by being, you know, flippant with his duties and stuff. And Marx is actually, like, crying because he sees him and they actually have a little embrace. And it's really nice.
1: Yeah, there is a sweet moment there. Uh, And the rest of the chapter happens. we, we, We cut over to charlotte i want to say her name yes. is uh i get it confused with the elf name that was absurdly similar like radically right. so uh so charlotte is resting in bed because uh it's very taxing to have an elf take over your body and she's apologized to the soul because she's like my i couldn't protect my body from being stolen uh because only you know has those powers only you know is yep. strong enough to overcome that uh, and Soul's like, no, it, don't worry about it. It wasn't your fault. In fact, I'm the one who was useless. It, in fact, it was the Black Bulls captain. He had to save you. And uh, Charlotte gets really, uh, like blushed and 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 frustrated because she's like, oh no, was that actually not a dream? Oh, we were so close at points, and oh, I get, my what what actually happened then? And then, uh, she's like, oh hey, yeah, by the way, uh, Yami's here. And she's like, "Oh, because she's thinking, has Yami picked up on my own feelings?" So she's like, "Yami, what, wh- what are you doing here?" And she's like, "Oh no, mostly I'm, I'm in no shape to be in the same room as him. Soul, you must, you must get him out of here. You be, be the man hating character you are and tell him to fuck off." And she's like, "You know, you did save us all, so I guess she can hang out." <laughs> he's like, "No," he's like, "Oh, you uh, okay?" She's like, "Oh my god, what, what am I doing? We've gonna face am What's happening?" And Yami's like, uh, hey, you know, don't push yourself, you know? You've always been kind of stubborn. You cause a lot of trouble, woman. Anyway, there's something I've been meaning to ask you about. She's like, oh, ask me about? It. He wants to ask me something? Oh my god, it can't possibly be. He's like, you know that thing you said? She's like, oh, oh,
2: oh. You so, know,
1: when you were under that spell, and they're clearly thinking of two different instances. And he's like, I want you to give me the details of that thing of yours. Like I figured, is it? And uh, Charlotte begins screaming. As Yami tries to say, do you have a forbidden magic curse? And she screams and she screams and she runs out of the room screaming and she screams down the hall, uh, runs out of the mansion screaming, runs down the street screaming, crashes into a house screaming, uh, grabs the baby while screaming, runs back, brings the baby back while screaming, runs across the water screaming and uh, runs straight out of the kingdom screaming. That's chapter.
0: This was so stupid. Like, I could not believe how dumb this was. Like, look, the, the beginning of this chapter establishes, hey, occasionally Black Clover has some moments. That they're like, oh, this is a nice little establishment of what these characters feel about each other. This one continues the lame jokes that compose in a, a, a character's entire personality Two. What the fuck is this? Like you've spent four pages of just going, "Ah!" and that's it. I'm sure that there are people who find this to be absolutely hilarious.
1: It's it's this is like a Saturday morning cartoon where it's like she she (laughs) runs down, she runs into a building and accidentally picks up a baby and has to run it back. It's it's very cartoonish, which isn't necessarily a problem. I'm sure this is going to make a very funny reaction gif when this actually makes it into the anime, and you can just gif the whole thing. Uh, but it kind of falls into that thing where I find characters in Black Clover are all too similar. Uh, and they all kind of have the same reaction to everything yeah. where I'm like, oh, okay. So Charlotte's reaction to stuff is to also be silly and scream a lot. And it's like, yeah, yeah I mean, that's not really <sighs> whatever. I guess it's just, uh, it's not for me. <laughs> that's really all there is to say. That's the chapter. Yeah. Yeah. One Piece, Nick. Let's talk. One piece. piece. Chapter
0: 955. Enma! So there's an odd little establishing moment uh, that explains, by the way, is not going to be part of the meeting even though she's an important figure and she could, you know, be reunited with a bunch of people who miss her a lot. And she's like, uh, I'm worried uh, for uh, Otoko, so uh, I'm, I'm not going to meet the others because sentiment is forbidden before a battle. Uh-huh. and that, that that's why she's not present for the meeting. Okay. <laughs> so um Kawamatsu and Zoro go to meet up with everyone at the big meeting the the planning session and they're like wait a minute you saw you saw Lady Hiori and that that th- she's completely grown up and knows how to like talk properly and she's not a weird tomboy anymore. And it was like, "Oh, okay, I guess Hiyori was 100% different from wh- when uh, she was a kid now. And, like, Momonosuke's memories of his y- then-younger sister or of her uh, doing a freaking missile drop kick to his face. So, yeah. There you go. That's
1: how it be. That's what yeah. she was like, you know?
0: I do like that Momonosuke, like, tries to... Um, Give like wise insight to Zoro about the way that you know his sister is like you know she she's rough and tumble, but at her core she is soft and quick to tears. And Zoro's like, listen, she's eighteen years older older than you now. (laughs) Um, so all that happens. Sanji tries to kind of like you know get close to Momonosuke because he's like, oh, that, that hot lady's your sister. Hey buddy. You know, because he's being a real creeper about it. Um, the swords are given out. They, uh, are returning, uh, the sword that, uh, of course Zoro had, uh, and in return, he is, uh, getting, uh, the sword that was promised to him. Enma. uh, and Momonosuke uh, is being imparted with the other of the two swords, Ame no Habakiri, but he's like, Yeah, I'm not ready yet. Uh, I'm not afraid. I, I, you, just, you just hold on to it. And uh, Zoro, of course, is given Enma. And the uh, smith says, Hey, um, just a little warning. Uh, the, there's only one man who has ever tamed that sword, and that was Kazuki Oden. So. Here, you know, give it a try. Here, cut down one of those trees to test its edge. And Kinemon says, "Hey, uh, you know, Zoro. I mean, I don't think you should." And he just cuts off the entire edge of the cliff that uh, when he tries to cut the tree. I'm glad that there was nobody over there because, um, it would that- have been a rough time. That's a lot like you can see the tree line that is gone from the island now as a resort of how much of the coast he sliced off and everyone reacts in total shock. And then they look over at Zoro, and his arm is like shriveled up and blackened uh, from one swing of this sword. It's taken a whole ton out of him. Uh, It looks like armament hockey, kind of, but like it's drained the life out of him in order to cause it basically.
1: Yeah, it, it is armament hockey. It looks like it drained his strength. Because he says, "Give it back," and you see his his arm like pops back up into it.
0: Like the armament hockey has gathered into the blade of the sword, and he has to pull it back into himself.
1: It was specified at some point that's potentially how a blade becomes black, isn't it? That if you put so much armament hockey into it, it turns it black eventually.
0: They do say something along those lines in this chapter that over time the uh, the, the the color of the swords can change yeah. uh, with their use. So, uh, yeah, uh, and they they say, like, yeah, it's going to use the wielder's o on its own and it slices more than needed. You know, a, a normal swordsman would be a complete husk right now. So good job. Anyway, do you want a different sword? He's like, no, nope, I'll take this one and I'm going to get used to this. And that means I'll have gotten a lot stronger, uh, which, uh, you know, amuses Kawamatsu. And then we get another montage, Chris. Uh, one was not enough this week. We have to get more cutting ahead through the days leading up to the village raid. So um, there's a couple of different things that happen. Uh, More men are being gathered. They only have 4,000 people going up against 30,000 from the beast, from the uh, Animal Kingdom pirates, uh, as, of course, Kaido's forces are also gathering. Uh, Frankie is working on the ships with a bunch of people. And he says, we've got to be able to ferry 100,000 men. And the guy, there's a guy who's just like, we're not going to have that many. And Frankie's like, well, there's nothing wrong with aiming high. And the guy's like, it'll be a waste of work. All right, let's make a bet. How many people are we going to get? So Frankie is not going to be uh, the reason that their uh, mission fails, basically. Yeah. So, uh, Luffy is still training along with Hyoguro, uh, trying to be able to work on the penetrating blows. Um, there is a little bit of a conversation that takes place between Zoro and Momonosuke uh, regarding the word Tsunachi mm-hmm.
1: it's like Nakama Mitnick. it means friends yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's untranslatable
0: uh, Zoro says it's something the old guy in my village told me I've never said it myself before don't say Tsunachi I don't know. So, uh, chopper shows up with uh, Botama. Uh, a whole bunch of people are gathering together. We do cut around to see how, like, the message is being carried around to people. Like, certain random people are still trying to make their way to join Kinemon's made force. There are a bunch of prisoners uh, that are behind bars, and I love that there's a part where, where one of them, in order to make it back to Kinemon, is just like, "Hey, guard!" It's the day of the festival, right? We want, we want to take part. And they're like, no. Damn it. <laughs> Foiled. It won't let us out in order to join the Rebellion Army. Damn it. Oh. Uh, more cutting around between stuff. Conversation taking place between people. And eventually we get to a point where uh, it's the day before the raid. And uh, so Kinemon sets out with the other red scabbards and Momonosuke uh, they're going to go uh, somewhere. I don't think we actually know exactly where they're headed to yet. Um, we also see uh, uh, that Hiyori has met up with Oto- with Otoko and uh, they uh, are with Wanda and with Carrot and they are praying before Graves for Pedro and Yasuye. Uh, this
1: is this guy who's with them. Uh, on which page
0: on page 15
1: uh wanda and carrie oh that's pedro they're thinking about pedro
0: yeah but there's someone with them who looks like that
1: are you thinking dogstorm
0: on the panel above, where you just see the two graves, and then there's uh, Hiyori and in the foreground, and then you see Carrot's ears, and then there's a tall person next to Carrot. Uh, that looks like the bearded person that you see the shot of next to Carrot on the below panels.
1: Uh, let me see. I'm trying to match it up. I don't know. There, There's the zoom. All right. Uh, nope. Hold on. Oh, everything changed. Oh, God. I've um, destroyed you. <laughs> I'll be honest. That, that looks like Pedro. It does. That's why I asked you about it. I know they did this gag before, though. I feel like they wouldn't do it again. People are saying he's another one of the musketeers.
0: That does make sense.
1: Uh, just not one of the Because he does... because
0: I. Especially because, like, I know that that's not Pedro, even even if I didn't know Pedro was dead, like, he looks just different enough for me to know he's not Pedro. So,
1: anyway. Hey, people are saying Sicilian. I don't remember him, but sure.
0: There's too many characters in this arc.
1: <laughs> well, there were, there were a lot of characters of that. It's tough to remember them all. Right.
0: Uh... Zoro's approached, asking if hey, is Emma doing alright? Oh, and also, you wield Kitetsu the third. I also crafted that blade. It works much like a cursed blade does, and the weak cannot control it. The most likely reason it feels familiar to you must be some twist of fate, for the white blade Wado Ichimonji and Enma were both crafted by the same man, the blacksmith Shimotsuki Kozoburo. He broke the laws and left this land over fifty years ago. Perhaps Lady Hyori recognized your sword and gave you her father's memento. Enma is not yet forged into a black blade. Depending on you, its rank might yet be raised. Hmm. Some more stuff involving uh, Zoro and the potential for it to get stronger. So, hey, it's finally happening. It only took us to the end of Act 2 of 3 in order to get there, but it's happening. Uh, Zoro's getting stuff in the Samurai Arc.
1: I've been hearing people speculate that the Kozobordo is connected to Zoro and potentially is even Zoro's master, which would explain some things like why was one of the strongest swords in the world in some backwards like East blue village. But the timeline doesn't match up. I mean, I guess you could rationalize it because Zoro's teacher didn't look 50 and had like a pretty young daughter Mm -hmm. back in the flashback. So it may be connected. I don't know if the timeline perfectly matches up, but I, I would love that Zoro's mentor and teacher plays into things somehow. Because or it is... Uh,
0: his daughter who fell down some stairs and became grievously injured.
1: <laughs> you really you really have to ask yourself sometimes. You're like, man, One Piece's flashbacks are so solid. Zoro's is the bottom of those. <laughs> Zoro's is like the one where it's like, we're going to be swordsmen one day. Like, I don't know if I'm going to because I'm gonna grow breasts, and once you grow breasts, you can't be a swordsman. And uh that's something that's never been continued by any character we've ever met in the series. Uh, and then she fell down the stairs and died. <laughs> like, uh, you know, she's just kind of a klutz. Maybe that's why she wasn't gonna be a good swordsman. <laughs> she's Imagine so like, fucking clumsy, she just fell downstairs.
0: They're training, and she and she's like,
1: one day I'm gonna be a great swordsman, swordsman's. <laughs> They're like, oh no, that's all we meant. She could have breasts and be a swordsman, but once you grow breasts, you can't see stairs. <laughs> She's like, where? I thought there were stairs in my household, but these giant breasts are blocking my Linus. Ah! <laughs>
0: It was our greatest, our greatest failure to have her room be on the second floor. We should have kept her at ground level so she never had to deal with them. It's
1: the like, oh, the curse of swords, women. Oh, I'd heard about it in Legends. but
0: Why didn't you have them? Why didn't you have her like bind her breast or something like that? You could do that. <laughs>
1: He's like, no, there's no way to stop the curse of the press <laughs> tackling the swords like final destination. They would get her one way or another. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs>
0: you see like a swords, you see like a swords woman like training and occasionally she'll like stumble and look like she's going to chop her limb off. And she's like, oh, OK, oh, I'm fine. And she like she's her blade very safely doo doo, like goes into the, into the next room, a bunch of like. Possible kitchen hazards don't happen. She said, All right, that's enough of that. Haven't had a nice long day. It's time to get some rest and prepare for tomorrow. And she goes to sleep and her breasts flop up and smother her. <laughs>
1: Like if you watch Final Destination, there's like the first time it kills somebody, it actually shows like the water receding. It's the only time like in those movies they ever acknowledge that death has an actual presence on the world where right. it's manipulating things. Until this like is the, the one eighth,
0: until like the eighth movie where he just shows up and he's a guy in a suit. She's <laughs> like, Hey guys, it's me.
1: Like that's what the breath like her breasts like gain life, and they're just like, You've been taking too long. Oh! Alright.
0: <laughs> oh, and that's uh, that's basically it. Uh, L- we see Luffy has seemingly progressed in his training further. He he manages to uh, strike a tree without actually touching it and cause tremendous damage to it. And he's like, hey, just you wait, Kaido. And we see that the that Orochi has uh, received some sort of a report. Uh, he's like, ah, as long as I have this information, that is enough. A switch from Habu part, port to Tokage port. Kozuki Hiori still alive somewhere in the north. And we see Law is on the move. That's it. We don't see what, what he's doing. We just see his face. Law is there. And uh, finally, the uh, Shamisen player returns as uh, she plays. And uh, we head into the final act. So the curtains close on act two. And uh, the final act is
1: about to begin.
0: And uh, so things are probably going to uh, pick up next chapter. So
1: it's uh, super exciting, Uh, but I need to tell everyone a story. So uh, I became aware of this chapter when we recorded Weekly Munger Recap last week. I woke up the next morning and this is a rarity that rarely happens. Uh, I went to Twitter and the newest One Piece chapter was trending. Like One Piece 955 hashtag One Piece 955 was trending, and I was well, like, "This is weird." Now, I'm sure it was just trending for me because a lot of people in yeah, guess, yeah, like that yeah. sphere. But I was like, "That's weird. I've never seen a chapter trend before," and I was really curious. I was like, "I wonder what, what happened. This, what What does this mean? Like something huge must right. happen." So I haven't read spoilers for One Piece in years probably coming up close on maybe like eight years now. But ever since Jump went uh, like uh, pup Right. So there was a real moment. You can
0: wait another two days for the official chapter to drop.
1: <laughs> there was a real moment where I was like, I'm not going to read the spoil, Like, I'm not going to read the scan later chapters, but I was like I might read the spoiler because something pretty huge must happen. And I was like, uh, I don't know. And then Jump published something that was like, hey, Chapters are coming out tomorrow. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to resist. I'm going to hold off. So I woke up Friday. I, I saw All right, one piece. Let's strong. do this. I opened up that chapter because I, 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 I clicked the trendy topic and I heard people talk about it like Zoro fans are going to go nuts in this chapter. I expected Zoro to have like cut fucking uh like Odin in half or wh- whoever the bad guy is.
0: Just like I, accidentally kills the Shogun and that's the end of this is the arc,
1: or, or like something like he cuts Kaido in half or something like that, something insane, or 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 like a character returns or something absolutely mind blowing. And I read it and I was like, that's eh, okay. It's, it's it's kind of exciting. I, I was guess. gonna say <laughs> after really. we
0: covered the chapter, there, like I don't see anything happening that would be huge enough to cause tremendous oh, reaction. Like, I mean,
1: it's exciting, and I get why people who like Zoro are excited because Zoro got sure. a pretty significant power upgrade, and it looked cool. And there's the potential that maybe this ties into his backstory in some way, or that there's more to kind of discover about him. Uh, I know there's the whole thing that Orochi knows, the, like the the plan essentially so there's some drama there we get little teases here and there there's there's cool stuff and this is the act the end of act two which feels like a pretty big moment in this arc uh, but I really I really built myself up in my mind thinking something insane was gonna happen in this chapter. I was like it's trending this never happens something absurd must happen and uh, I was kind of brought down to earth very quickly I was like oh, I guess that was pretty cool I suppose oh well. It's still Sorry, a good Chris. chapter. I still think this is a very good chapter. It's very cool. I'm just not particularly sure why this was the one to trend.
0: I guess you can never predict the
1: re- reactions of a fandom, Chris. Nick, I, I, I'm starting to think Twitter's not uh, not for me. Maybe it's just full of people who get my hype set up too much, you know?
0: <laughs> well, guys, that's going to do it for a week, a week of my recap this week. So uh, let's name our favorites. Favorite series and MVP, Chris
1: uh favorite series i'm gonna give to we never learned this week i think we never learned mm. really got me excited i i can't wait to find out what happens next week which is not really something we never learned does that frequently but i'm and absolutely like when that, that end to it like just kind of you know shocked me where i was like holy crap i can't I uh, it was like a moment i was like watching a child get killed or something like oh my goodness is he okay like you really start asking questions about yourself so i i really enjoyed We Never Learned this week
0: <laughs> uh, my favorite series this week is going to be Dr. Stone. I, I just thought it was an incredible chapter from start to finish. I uh, loved the, seeing that the you know two main characters were, hey, actually doing something really useful, and, and it took a direction that I was not expecting. It's nice that the series feels like it can still have stakes and consequences despite the fact that we know that everyone's going to live in the end. Uh, there can still be uh these kind of huge speed bumps that come up along the way so
1: yeah. uh and my mvp i'm going to give to charlotte because it was really funny that she ran for four straight chapter uh no i'm going to give it to kaku kaku uh had a really <laughs> cool moment i love that kind of heroic sacrifice i love how she thawed on her feet really quickly it was a really cool moment for her and kenro
0: and i'm going to give mine to marks in black clover because sure. hey That part of Black Clover was actually good. Uh, If it had maintained that level of quality at the beginning all throughout it, I might have actually potentially considered, uh, given it's my favorite chapter of the week. Uh, I can't say for sure because Dr. Stone was really good. uh, But I did actually really like Black Clover for the first third of the chapter. (laughs) It's just that it went off a goddamn cliff by the end of it.
1: Uh, it's worth noting Dr. Stone was the audience favorite, and then their MVP uh, almost universally was either Ginro or Kohaku across yeah, the a board. That's totally understandable. So Ginro was the one who won, but it's worth noting Kohaku was pretty much every other vote that wasn't Ginro. Totally understandable. Okay,
0: okay that uh, guys, that is going to do it for Weekly Manga Recap this week. Thank you guys for joining us here on twitch.tv slash smashcast.tv slash We tend to record the show Wednesdays sometime around 7.30 or 8 p.m. Eastern Time, but stay updated on exactly when we're going to start the show, if we need to change things up. You can follow us on Twitter, at the Podcast is the official podcast account, at RolloTea, at Nick F. Time are your hosts. You can check out our past episodes on YouTube, on iTunes, on weeklymongerecap.podbean.com. Be sure to leave a subscription, comment, rating, all that good stuff. It helps out the algorithm, helps us rise to the top of the hobby section and dethrone the woodworkers. If you would like to send us feedback, if you'd like to ask us questions, if you would like to check out the Ninja X3i moderated spreadsheet where they go through stuff that we are covering, uh, recommendations that we've been given, if you want to chime in on those, uh, year end supplemental awards that we'll go over in December, all that kind of stuff is tracked in that spreadsheet. Uh, and there's also a bunch of other stuff happening on our Discord server that you can participate in the conversation in as well. Special thanks go out to our Patreon supporters. You guys will us to create all sorts of fun bonus content for you guys to enjoy. Special thanks as well to Steve Manor, Tile artist. infamous plan for the stuff you do. Milo Jack Stillis, check out his SoundCloud. Winsley Del Cheddar, youtube.com slash Winsley Del Cheddar. The last two made the uh, opening sequence for the Monk Recap. Thanks, guys. All right, next week... Is the last episode of September, which means it is time. It's time for the Sadistic September review. Do not miss it next week, because if you miss it, then all of my sacrifice and <laughs> suffering was for nothing.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, yeah, you got to make it next week or otherwise Nick read it all for no reason. Look into Could his Omano eyes. Good
0: Omanoji-Con. Good con review coming. If Nick... It- doesn't devolve into insanity by then
1: I was gonna say is it is it really uh is it really a review no <laughs> Nick don't don't tip your hand now what if you uh, audience uh, we might really love this series I'm
0: <laughs> going to cut co- I will cover it to the extent that I can manage and I am going to have read the entire thing. This is not going to be like, oh, it's gross and it will be done in 10 minutes. I will cover every single point that I can think of that deserves coverage. And unbelievably, the pedo bait kitty porn series has more to hate about it than just 8-year-old fan service.
1: All right. Well, it's stick to Hey Nick, save something for next week, you know. I will. <laughs>